Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we learn about Tau Protocol. What is Tau? Dogecoin. Back at it. And inflation. It's real. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. I'm going to get straight into those crypto prices because I want to talk about Doge. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 1124 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is at. I'm not too sure because I didn't put up the coin market cap page and I'm just sitting here rambling without even looking at the prices. Here we go. Bitcoin is in at $38,080, up 5% in 24 hours, while Ethereum is at $2,793, up 8.5%. Binance Coin is up 20% at $417. Teller's at number 4, and Cardano is at $1.80, up 5.7%. Rounding off the top 10, we have Dogecoin, which is going crazy, up 30% in the last 24. Why, you might ask? Because Coinbase is listing it. Yes, it is going on Coinbase. Right now, you can move your Dogecoin to a Coinbase wallet and huddle it there. But tomorrow, you'll be able to buy, sell, and trade on Coinbase. And Dogecoin sit at number 6 at 41.3 cents. Number 7, XRP. Number 8, Polkadot. Number 9, USDC. And number 10, Uniswap. Total market cap for the crypto space, we're up to $1.7 trillion in a BTC dominance of 41.5%. Going into our first conversation today, I'm talking to Tim Swanson, the creator of Tau Protocol. It's kind of confusing. He tried to explain it to me. Let me know if you understand it. You can send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Hey, good to hear from you, Matt. Yeah, doing good. Excellent, excellent. Tim, you started this is your side project. You're the creator of Tau Protocol. It doesn't have a token. I was on coin market cap. I was like, ooh, is there no a new coin to try to dabble in and gamble my life savings on? And there isn't. Tell me about Tau Protocol. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the gist of it is uh, the last uh, last couple of companies I've worked for have been uh, heavily involved in the world of central bank digital currencies and digital accounts and stabilizing mechanisms. So uh, earlier this year, I was thinking, hey, how can you build an algorithmic token um, that's stabilized um, and not pegged to or trying to peg to a US dollar or anything like that? I was actually trying to synthesize something that uh, currently exists, some type of cryptocurrency. In this case, it was, it was Bitcoin as a kind of a proof of concept. And I started Googling around for uh, people who have uh, created effectively collateral through uh, hash rate tokens. I, I, I was just kind of Googling to see if that was even a thing. And it turns out that there's several groups that did that. I reached out to one of them and uh, kind of a meeting of a mind took place. And they went ahead and implemented this idea I, I put together. Um, and it, they launched it uh, about three months ago. Excellent. So you have to do me a favor really quick and explain two terms for me. One, CBDC. Yeah, uh, CBDC is a central bank digital currency. It's unrelated to this effort whatsoever. I'm just trying to give you some some background of, as to what I was thinking at the time, um, and you know what you could actually potentially do with 
uh, algorithmic stabilization. Excellent. And then you said it's not pegged to the dollar. Then what is it pegged to? If you're going to try to create like a central bank digital or a stable or something like that, you're going to have to peg it to something, no? What are you pegging it to? Yeah. So the initial implementation, uh, Tau Bitcoin, as it's called, uh, is attempting to peg itself to uh, Bitcoin itself, a weighted average of that price. And so it has a rebase mechanism to, to achieve that on a daily basis. And so what does that mean? That means that you, in theory, you could effectively create new Bitcoins um, without having to necessarily be on Bitcoin's mainnet. Uh, in the in, in the first implementation that these guys did, the BTS, BTCST team did, is uh, they they partnered with uh, several uh, existing mining farms to to kind of provide that collateral uh, backing their their implementation. Okay, so I got to back up all the way to the beginning again. Tau Protocol is a protocol to try to make a stable that is not based on the dollar or pegged to the dollar. It's pegged to the weighted average of the Bitcoin price, but you still can print more of the Tau Bitcoin um, and put those into circulation. Am I correct? Yeah, more or less. Yes. So then what is the point of this? So the idea as a proof of concept was just to say, hey, how, uh, just twofold. Number one, um, if you look at the, the DeFi marketplace, for example, uh, there's um, on the borrowing and lending side, uh, there's only uh, like Aave or Compound or Venus. There's only like a dozen uh, types of tokens that are, are whitelisted as approved collateral, and often it's wrapped Bitcoin as as the as the top one. Um, and so this idea was, well, how can we? Since there's a demand for that in in, in the lending side or in the borrowing side for sure, um, for quote unquote. Uh, premier whitelisted assets, why can't uh, there be other ways of, of, of wrapping that token? Um, and so that's what the guys at BTCST are trying to do. They did it with a, another uh, asset recently with, uh, I think it was Tau Dogecoin. Um, and there's a couple other groups that have reached out to me to try and do their own version of this. So um, it's a it's definitely a, a lively uh, discussion um, with, with each, of these, uh, each of these groups. All right. So you actually only mentioned one. You said there's two. Um, one you said was, you know, um, these, I'm going to call it liquidity. Is that correct? Is wrapping Bitcoin, but a towel wrapped Bitcoin. But then you said another one. Yeah. So the the traditional way of, of moving tokens from one chain to another is this, this process of depositing coins in an intermediary like BitGo. And they, they quote unquote wrap it. So uh, about 1% of all Bitcoins are now wrapped onto Ethereum as WBTC, wrapped, wrapped Bitcoin. Uh, there's other ways of tokenizing assets and putting it onto a chain. In this case, uh, the BTCST guys uh, partnered with some miners and effectively tokenized that hash rate. It's backed by real miners in the real world. Um, and that's what's providing the collateral uh, behind how Bitcoin itself. Okay. So let me, again, I, this is a new concept for me as well. And I'm trying to wrap my brain around it as if I can wrap my brain around it. I think that my listeners can because they're usually smarter than me. You can't trade this on an exchange because there's no coin to it. It is literally a tool to try to create either A, liquidity, or B, um, a transfer of value between cr or cross chains. Is this what I'm hearing? Mm, almost. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good good, uh, good stab at that. Um, actually, it is traded. The Tau Bitcoin uh, itself is traded on a couple different exchanges. I'm not involved in any of that process. Again, to me, this was more of an academic exercise that some people uh, wanted to try and put into practice. And uh, there's liquidity behind it. Um, I think right uh, as of like a week ago, I was looking at some of the numbers. There's three, $400 million of TBL so that people uh, stake this effectively uh, to generate more return. 
Um, and they did that with, uh, again, a second coin. And they may have some other stuff down the pipeline that I'm not aware of. But um, again, not endorsing any any particular financial product. But my point is, is uh, th- these things actually exist in the wild. Um, they are listed. And there's some, some, some sort of liquidity uh, around it at this moment. Maybe this will also help me wrap my head around it. Maybe I just needed to have more coffee this morning. What do you see Tau Bitcoin doing in the future? What do you f- feel that the future of Tau Bitcoin could, academically speaking, could achieve in the future? Well, I can't speak on behalf of that specific implementation because I don't, I don't work with them directly. I, I provided some advice on, on, on their first implementation. Uh, the protocol itself is, is fairly agnostic, and there's actually a, a second version that I'm thinking of deploying based on some, uh, or not me personally deploying, but there's been a, a variety of uh, other participants who would like to see uh, different types of synthetics uh, generated uh, with, uh, with a the knowledge that we have in, of, of how to stabilize. I mean, there's, there's different ways to create synthetic assets that are, that are stabilized uh, with or without collateral. Um, there's a whole group of, of them called rebase tokens. There's another group called seniority shares. Uh, the guy actually I work for, my boss, my day job, Robert Samps, is the guy who created the term uh, seniority shares uh, just over six years ago. So I've been in and out of this little world for a while. Um, this is my first attempt at it. And uh, there's other ways you could kind of uh, uh, kind of reorient the, the, the tech ideas, um, especially on the analytics side, because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're trying to rebase based off of a price, you need to know uh, what that price should be. And actually, this, this team um, kind of evolved that idea towards um, identifying counterfeit uh, or duplicate tokens, in this case, NFTs. Again, not, not to distract from, from the general idea, but um, this, this Tau Sage idea, as I believe that they called it, is basically a way of, of detecting um, duplicate NFTs, um, again, unrelated to stabilizing tokens themselves, but the general principle of, hey, how, how, how can you detect in, in, in red flag duplication that shouldn't be there? Uh, turns out that a lot of these NFT issuance platforms allow duplicates to be sold without flagging it to the consumers or investors. So um, a whole other conversation obviously but um in principle the idea of 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 detecting or, or, or using technology to analyze um synthetic assets is is uh, pretty broad and what you could do with that last question is just about you personally and um we've spoken a couple times on a couple different occasions uh, over the years and i've always touted you as a bitcoin skeptic you told me offline that you are an informed uh, cryptocurrency or Bitcoin skeptic. Can you explain your skepticism for the crypto space? Yeah, sure. So I, I think that there, you could simultaneously be a critic of a lot of the maximalism or tribalism at the same time, be really interested in say multi-party computation or blockchains as a tool of, for, for transparency in, in, in practice. Um, I, I find that a lot of the conversations that take place, especially on social media are, are very self-serving um, coin promotion. Um, again, not against people owning coins or making coins. I would be hypocritical if I, if I, if I were that way, but um, I, I think that a lot of the narratives, uh, especially on, uh, with, with maximalist push um, are actually very dangerous and extremist to the point where it, it doesn't help society like pushing, you know, these memes about number go up, like <laughs> we can have a whole conversation about, uh, you know, gambling, uh, gambling addicts and, and how addict addiction starts. But I do feel that a lot of the memes are very unhealthy. So if I was going to summarize what you just said, that you're skeptical about the religion aspect of it, but not, not the technology. Am I correct with that? Yeah, that'd be a good way to describe it. Perfect. Tim Swanson, creator of Tau Protocol. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks again, Matt. Moving into today's headlines. Have you guys ever been to the Finger Lakes region of New York? It's pretty beautiful. 
but that region's natural beauty helps conceal the pain of hard-hit industrial decline. Well, some are introducing new types of industry to the area, which offers an opportunity for digital wealth. But this also has generated a fury of opposition from environmentalists determined to stop it. Greenbridge Generation is at the center of this fight. The company began as a coal power plant in 1937, but recently pivoted to Bitcoin mining using natural gas. And they say that they're complying with all the New York State's environmental regulations. Now, just for some stats really quick. Natural gas is a fossil fuel, but it's cleaner than something like coal. And in fact, it's about 40% cleaner. Video gaming PCs consume around 70 terawatt hours of electricity per year. Non-PC gaming consoles consume around 30 terawatt hours. Compare this to Bitcoin, which is around 110 terawatt hours per year. So all of gaming and Bitcoin mining consume roughly around the same amount of electricity, which is 0.55% of global electricity production, or about the equivalent of, say, a small country like Malaysia or Sweden. Really quick, my two cents on this is that we have to start using the correct terminology for this. To say energy consumption is disingenuous, we really mean CO2 production or CO2 footprint. Humanity is always going to need more energy. As our population grows, as developing countries turn developed and want the luxuries of developed countries, PC gaming, air conditioning, and so on and so forth, we're always going to need more energy. It's just, where is that energy coming from? Now, saying that something uses 100 terawatt hours per year of energy is disingenuous because you don't know where it's coming from, nor can you hone in to see which industries are actually using or causing global warming or contributing to the CO2 footprint. So we need to start talking about just the CO2 footprint. I don't think that anybody, any environmentalist or anybody who wants to make a change and admits that global warming is real, I do, I don't think anybody would be talking about energy if we we're using 100% solar or 100% hydro or a combination of hydro, wind, and solar. So I only say is that we should be framing this as carbon footprint and we should be putting that as a standard for talking about different industries, not how much energy is being used. Because if the energy was all solar, and we're just harnessing the power of the sun, again, not talking about the slippery slope of how the solar panels are created, but just talking about harnessing the power of the sun, we would not have this conversation, even though we could be using more energy. Over the past year, we've heard about inflation. Everybody's worried that inflation is going to go crazy because of government spending. But the Fed says, you know what, a little inflation is a good thing. 2% is good. And we're around right there. Well, Costco, the CFO of Costco says, nah, that's not true. They disagree with the Federal Reserve on inflation. Just look at the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, they say, where it's around 4.2% higher than it was this point last year. That's kind of crazy. And I'm going to go out and say, you know what? I looked at the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. I looked at how they look at the prices of the different products and the, the weighted averages to see what the inflation is. None of them take into account the cutting of product when you're talking about like food product. Maybe you get a pound of bacon last year, but you only get 12 or 14 ounces this year. I've seen it with different products around my house, around my family's house, around my friend's house. And you know what? They might raise the price 4%, but they might also cut the product 4 to 5%. What does that really mean for inflation? I think it's good that Costco CFO Richard Galani came out and said, hey, inflation is a real, real thing and we're going to see it through the end of the year. How much? Not too sure. But you can already tell the government, the Biden administration, and Congress is already starting to pump the brakes on spending. To read more about inflation and what Costco CFO says, link is in the show notes. Imagine creating a meme or a cartoon and having no actual ownership or control over it. Well, that's what happened to Matt Fury, who is the artist behind the famous frog, Pepe. Well, he's moving into the non-fungible token or the NFT business. 
Now, for many years of his famous frog being co-opted to become the internet sensation, he is trying to put his Pepe on NFT to give him some, I guess, ownership over his creation. Matt Fury told Decrypt this via email. It's been good to mark my territory with Pepe here and show that Pepe is a character that I created. This week, he's releasing Peg Z, a limited series of distinctive digital portraits of Pepe and other creatures in 2D, 3D, and animated variety. He said it's a playful project that is inspired by many collectibles from my youth, namely Pogs. As a collector, the first things are always the best. We started with those token-like objects that feature portraits of my critters. And that's what he's doing on his NFTs. So, Matt Fury is going to try to get some ownership over Pepe again. And he's going to start releasing his own digital NFTs with other creations of his. And finally, investment company Borderless Capital will inject $25 million in blockchain startups and entrepreneurs based in the city of Miami. In a press release shared with the crypt, Borderless Capital said that the initiative is carried out with the collaboration with blockchain platform Algorand and payment company Circle. Circle, as we all know, is the issuer of USDC. In addition to Borderless.Miami Fund, Borderless Capital is set to launch an accelerator to support startups using the Algorand blockchain. Just FYI, Friday, June 4th, and Saturday, June 5th, it's the Miami Bitcoin Conference. They're expecting 50,000 people to descend on Miami, all Bitcoiners and blockchain advocates, to mainly party. I don't even think that there's that many tickets for the conference. I think that it's only going to be like 15,000 tickets. However, 50,000 people are descending on Miami, mostly to party, rub elbows, and meet other blockchainers and crypto peeps that they have never seen in maybe real life because they've only known them from crypto Twitter, to see old friends, to have like-minded conversations, and to make those connections so they can start their own cryptocurrencies or blockchain startups. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. Also, you can send me an email, matthewaron at decrypt.co. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>